Hey friends, it's Allison. This is the first official Podlander Drunkcast trigger warning. If you are a person who is triggered by sexual violence or the language of abusers, you might not want to listen to this episode. We will make it up to you in the future. If you're sticking with us, then um, enjoy the show. So I accidentally opened the growler too early and it didn't really make any sound. So I'm going to pretend and it sounds like this. That was my mouth. Here we go. I'm about to pour. I've got this notebook thing going this time. Hold on. I'm going to help. It goes. But then it gets to a certain point and the growler. Whatever. It's delicious. Here you go. Thank you. Right. We're really going to need it this time? Yep. So I don't know. Um, well, I guess I can say this. I invited a friend to guest with us, not on this episode, but on To Ransom a Man's Soul. And today when I was re-watching, because I thought I was doing her a favor. Here's how this conversation went. Julie was like, hey, I want Amanda to come on one of the episodes we're going to record on Saturday, but obviously not Wentworth because that one's going to scar us. So maybe we should do, we should have her come on the finale. That'll be fun. Me. Yeah, that's a great idea. Let's have her come on the finale. That'll be fun. I don't know. I think in my head, I invented an episode of Outlander where they're just, they're just singing Claire's, um, um, Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy song <laughs> on board the ship for 45 mm-hmm. minutes. I think I invented that. It's in my head, it was monks, sex magic, Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy, uh, sing along aboard the ship. Shanties. 99 bottles of beer on the wall. 99 Boogie Woogie Bugle Boys on the wall. Yeah, something Wait, that like would get that. really old. Yo ho ho, and a bottle of lavender oil. I don't know what noise that was. So when I watched Wentworth today, I was like, huh. That wasn't as bad as I remember. I've made a huge mistake. (laughs) Because then I realized that I had asked my friend Amanda Loudermilk, who you will hear on the next episode. She's great. Yeah. I brought her in on the really bad one. Yeah. I made a huge mistake. But that's all right. We're going to get through this. We're going to get through it together. I wish you all could see Julie's face. She had perfect Joe Bluth face. It's like that <laughs> that jaw clenched, squinty eye. Well, see, now I, he's ruined jaw clenching for me, too. Uh, 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 welcome to Podlander Drunk Cast and an Outlander Podcast. <laughs> I'm Allison. <sighs> I'm still Julie. And that's Janine. Hey. And we're going to talk about a lot of rape today. <laughs> And don't worry, don't worry. I still get to I still get to say ill fowered pasty faced Englishman a couple times. Yeah. Tosk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um so today we are talking about Wentworth Prison, the second most traumatic episode in the first season of well, Outlander. Everybody, all of our listeners, our good friends out there in Podlanderville. Podlanderland. Huh? Eh. Um would you please Talk to us on the social medias about whether or not you remembered how this went down in your brain too. Was it Wentworth prison? Was it? I feel like I have been gaslit by this show. (laughs) I have, I feel like I have a little bit of an excuse because in the book, Mm -hmm. we don't see 
almost any of it, right? Claire gets in, Jamie makes the same deal. She gets out. She has to fight wolves, which I feel really robbed of. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she goes to the farmer's house. They make the plan. Mm-hmm. Then they rescue him. Then they're at the farmer's house for a while while she's setting his hand. And then they go to the monks mm-hmm. who are actually in France. Oh, wow. So really I different. I think. Okay. I don't remember. It's been a while. Because obviously I don't re... It's been a while. Sorry. It's, I'm, I'm oh, wow. obligated. <laughs> I, do, I don't know who got me doing that. Probably John. <laughs> it might be. It's been a while. Because I was fighting it and I did with the guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I just can't help it. Um, oh, man. So I don't reread, you know. Like, mm-hmm. I love I love these books. Every once in a while I'll pick one up and I'll reread a chunk. But never this part. Not ever. I will tell you this. Do you just read also, the sexy bits, though? No. Like, do you just there are funny bits, too. Adventure bits. and find the doing it bits? No. Oh, come on. Just no. Skim their marks. <laughs> just like there's actual bookmarks. <laughs> there's post-it flags. <laughs> Go to the green one. It's really good. <laughs> no, I will admit that I have reread a very famous scene coming up in the next season many times, but that's okay. not, but that's not sexy. Okay. Well, it is sexy, but it's not sex. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I look forward to watching it. So Neil did bring this up to me today. Okay. As I'm sure that all of you know and can sympathize with neither Allison nor myself were excited about rewatching these two particular episodes. Nope. And, um, I was like, this is what makes it feel like a job sometimes is when I have to rewatch. And obviously Allison has to do a lot more of that than I do. But then Neil made this great point, which is when we start season three, I'll never have to rewatch again because well, it'll all be current. You might watch twice. Well, yeah, but uh, I, I don't think that I would ever watch if, if an episode like To Ransom a Man's Soul came up an episode in season three, I would dutifully watch it for one time, take my notes and never watch it again. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So he, I rewatch television shows, but uh, but I have not watched these since the first time I watched them. Mm-hmm. I realized that I which is probably why my memory of them is so inaccurate. Exactly. I could have sworn they put the wolf fight in the show. I did think about that for a minute when she was out in the woods. I was like, oh, oh where she are the, fights off wolves. Where are the animals? She and then, fights them off. And then Angus appeared. Is so. this like uh, that movie that the internet thinks is real, Shazam or something like that? Oh, like oh, a, you created a memory? Yeah, that's Sinbad. There's like this well, big thing. Well, yeah, I guess so. But it's but in this case, there is at least the basis that... In the book. It's in happens. the book. So I mm-hmm. think I just pictured her doing it. Because mm-hmm. um, I've reread the book. Mm-hmm. So I've read those chunks more than once. I don't go back to them for fun. But I've, yeah. read, I've read the book at, twice. Um, and I think that the second, cause I watched it then, no, read it, then watched it, then read it again. Mm-hmm. And I think the second time I must've been picturing Ketrina, mm-hmm. um, fighting the wolves. And mm-hmm. that's what I have in my head, but really I feel a little bit cheated. I Come do on. too. Um, so it's season one, episode 15, Wentworth prison. That's where we're starting today. Directed Yippee by Kaye. a woman. Both uh-huh. of these right. directed by a woman. Interesting. Uh, I saw, I was busy actively not looking at the torture equipment that is the focus of your little favorite thing in the mm-hmm. beginning. So I noticed the director's name. It's a woman. She had the same woman directed both episodes. And one of the torture things is an iron mask, which I found very interesting because they linger on it for a minute. I'm like, oh, I get it. Cause Black Jack Randall is a monster that wears a mask. 
in his daily life. Oh, see, I thought it was that he bears a vague resemblance to Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Man in the Iron Mask joke. Yeah. Nailed it. Do my joke. Um, so right off the bat, we get uh, lots of men being hanged. Mm-hmm. And very unceremoniously so. Womp. Step up, kick, you're done. Who's next? Step up, kick, yeah. you're done. Who's next? Uh, and... Jamie and Towel choose to spend their last moments yucking it up, talking about hard ons. Yeah. <laughs> Towel's like, the one good thing about getting hung is that when they kick your feet out from under you, you something you get as hard as an oak tree or something like that. No, it's something like your, t- well, it's tossle. Mm-hmm. I put on closed captioning just so I could make sure that was the word T O S S E L. In fact, I'm going to Google it right now. Tossle. Tossle. I wonder if it's related to tassel. It's a, a bonnet with a tassel, a scarlet pistol bag trimmed with a scarlet pistol silver. bag. Say no more. <laughs> <laughs> Say no more. So in other words, he's like, anyway, so what he's saying is there's nothing like watching a bunch of men be hanged and knowing that you're going to die to give you a woody. Yeah. And that his only consolation is that when he's hanged, He's going to shoot off his juices like a cannon, like a goddamn cannon. cannon. And then Jamie womp womps all over him and goes, I, I literally wrote Debbie Downer. <laughs> he womp womps and he's like, no, you just shit. You just shit yourself. And he's like, God, why are you such a buzzkill? <laughs> Way to bring me down. And this is, this is not, Janine, just so you know, this is not our colorful commentary. They're actually they're saying doing That's it. actually what happens. <laughs> We're paraphrasing, but he's really like, Cause so that's what I get for trying to cheer you up. Jesus, I just thought talking about boners might lighten the load. <laughs> um, uh, so, so they're getting ready to hang the towel. Yes, finally, somebody hang that towel up. <laughs> just get it off the floor. It's, it's mildewed. It's just, it's not doing anybody any good down there. Just hang it up. That smell, it's just going to be, well, the shitting of the pants. So they do. They they hang towel. And it's kind of sad because oh, he has also, this also, great. Thing. I don't want to pass this up mm-hmm. brandishing iron. This, it seems a little late to be brandishing iron, iron. is what Jamie says. This, this is Jamie's hard on euphemism, yeah. well, it, which makes perfect sense. Iron. Perfect sense. Oh, God. An unfortunate uh, foreshadowing. Anyway. So Tal is like, I knew this was how I was going to die. I always did. That's why I never had any attachments in my life. I know it makes it harder for you, Jamie, because you have a lovely wife, but I don't have anyone, and I always knew I was going to die this way, so let's go. And they take him up to the gibbet, and they get him all tied up, and he starts... Talking trash to the redcoats. Yeah, he's like, I can't believe that I'm gonna die in front of you assholes. I wasted my life as a petty thief when I could have been taking you sons of bitches down, you ill-farred, pasty-faced Englishmen. Read, and then and then he says, God bless King. And, yeah, and then they kill him. But it takes a while for old Tal to. <laughs> give up the ghost yeah he's shaking to go, around. to go limp to go limp yeah he's yeah. shaking around it's pretty upsetting jamie's watching it all not making it any easier for him to climb those stairs eventually somebody goes up and kind of yanks on his legs yeah. to put him out of his misery it's oh, awful gross i want to give a, l- a little shout out to mr taron mcquarrie quarry mcquarrie mm. who plays towel or is it or isn't that his name Taryn McQuarrie. Oh, it is. Yeah. Never What's mind. It? We and looked see, him up. I thought I was all considerate and I looked up his goddamn name and instead I just wrote down the character <laughs> name. Look, it's been a week, you guys. It has. You mean uh, we're talking about Douglas Henshaw? 
Douglas Henshaw who played Taron McQuarrie? Taron McQuarrie. He does. Okay. Taron McQuarrie. All right. Can you see if he's on Twitter? Yeah. Oh, great. Sweet. Hashtag towel. <laughs> Hashtag towel. Towel lives. R.I.P. Towel. If he is Douglas Henshaw one, good grief. Oh, that'll be funny. I'm going to be. So as Janine is looking this up. Bless her. (laughs) As Janine is looking this up, of course, Jamie has to go next because, you know, narrative arc or whatever. And he gets up onto the thing and then. They put the noose around his neck and he stands there looking all hot and scared and ready to die. He also uh, attempts to take down the entire fort of dudes. Yeah, just just one last go. He's just like, you know. This is my why not. This is my kind of brandishing iron. Come on, <laughs> and then they get him up there. They got the rope around his neck. They are just about ready to kick that shit out from under him. When all of a sudden we hear the galloping of hooves and stop the executions. Is it what is this? Is it a white knight? A white knight in shining armor coming forth to save our? Um, it's not a very, white knight. Very it's not even hero. a dark knight. Although Christian Bale. Also a fan of jacting. <laughs> yeah, you know what? He is he a jacker. Uh, no, no, it is. Uh, it's the beach. It's the beach. Uh, he and you know, I gotta say, we're gonna spend a lot of time talking about how much we hate Black Jack Randall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's gonna sound really negative because mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. But it's a mark of really good writing, really good direction. And really good acting that we hate him so deeply and completely and are so utterly repulsed. Exactly. Tom, who doesn't watch the show, mm-hmm. unlike Neil, he, every once in a while he'll just like sit down with me and watch 20 minutes and that's about it. Mm-hmm. He, mostly if there are boobs, he's like, Mer? and yeah. then mm-hmm. that's about it. Um, but we were eating our hangover cheeseburgers <laughs> while we were watching. My birthday like, party was last this? night. Yeah, Julie's 40th, belated 40th birthday party was last night. We're both a little rough. I feel all right. Um, a little. <laughs> there, are, there are mitigating circumstances. Yes. You know, like this life we're living right now. Huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've got, I've got world on fire jokes coming. Don't worry. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, he's just really good. Oh, so Tom, so Tom mm-hmm. sat down and he, he was just sitting there watching it with me. It's a hell of an episode for him to choose to watch 20 minutes of. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Wow. He's a monster. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. He really is. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, the moment when he realizes that he just saved Jamie from getting hung, he has this look on his face, which only the best of actors could ever summon. Tobias Manessness, you're very good. It's this blank, electrified but also terrified. Like, yeah. And he like, almost missed it. He almost missed it. It's just, it's, it's so many things and he doesn't do anything. And the only thing that happens is one half of his lip curls. Just but like, it's not a boink. smile. It's just like, he goes, it's like Billy Idol. Mm. It's just, it's some serious jacting. And so lacting, lactating. Oh, too close. Licting, licting. Mm, don't know. I don't know. Okay. So he saves Jamie from getting hung, but we all know what's coming. Yeah. So Jamie ends up down in some basement dungeon. Um, as opposed to the much nicer upstairs dungeons. <laughs> the attic dungeon. Right. Very nice. Um, yeah. We're not Jane airing it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, that was for you, Julie. Mm-hmm. So, um, these two like yucksters come in 
and they and one of them has this long speech to Jamie that's basically like compliments of Captain Jack Randall eat the food give yourself a wash because you don't know when your luck's gonna change boy you yeah and then they start to leave and all I wanted in the whole world was for the other one to go yeah boy (laughs) but it didn't happen It made me really sad. And then we see them later real briefly. And the only reason that I knew it was them, because you only see their legs, is I hear one of them go, boyo. <laughs> and I just wonder, like, <laughs> that can't be in the script. That dude just liked saying boyo. Do you wonder, are they the same guys that Angus and Rupert lose to at... Uh, oh, I bet they are. In the pub? Okay. Well, that comes up in a minute. So, yeah. So, well, Jamie's um, fucked. I mean, okay, sorry. He oh. is in a very bad situation. Uh, here comes Blackjack Randall, and he's he got... He does get to eat a couple of bannocks, though. Yeah, he, eats, he greedily scarfs down some bannocks. He's probably starving. And then here comes Blackjack Randall with his, like, what do you call this guy? His... Um, his... Um, Andre the Giant? Yeah, his like big, dumb, strong guy who I don't think has a single line but gets no, well, to do some and really I think disgusting he's, things. And I think dumb is literal. I think mm-hmm. he's a mute. You know, oh, okay. Yeah, which is why no lines. It's, mm-hmm. I mentioned real briefly in passing. Mm-hmm. Um, gets to do some real gross things and have some good fights and then die by chair leg. Yeah, death by chair leg to the throat. Yep. So we'll get we'll, there. We'll call that um, uh, mm, Herman Miller death. <laughs> We're going to come to named deaths in a while. Okay. So I just wanted to make that Death one. by Herman Miller. It's yeah. pretty good. Um, meanwhile, mm-hmm. he, he, Jamie is down there and realizing that he's really up shit creek and that. And Blackjack is trying to get him to admit he's afraid and he won't. And it's clearly going to be a battle of wills where this monster wants to break somebody's spirit more than their mm. body. But obviously the body gets broken too. Meanwhile, upstairs... <laughs> In the parlor. Doing, Claire is doing some more of her not very good acting. Although she does manage to keep it together pretty well. Yes, she does. So I was kind of proud of her there. Yes. I actually had a note that's like, good job keeping it together, Claire. Because she doesn't let the warden. She must be warden, sober. Yeah, she doesn't let the warden see any of the uh, obvious fear and terror she's feeling right now. Maybe she's the one with the iron mask. So she comes in and she's like, I know a young gentleman that you are keeping here and his family needs to know and blah, blah, blah. She just goes through the whole English gentlewoman thing. She wants him to be able to write a letter to his family. Right. And the dude is like, oh, you beautiful English rose. Mm, Nope. But... Here, have his personal effects and, and he hands him a, a box. box. I think the little snake. The is snake in there. is in there. Je suis prey brooch is in there. I didn't like see rosary, what else was in there. I think, but uh, also Baby, basically the contents of his spot on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the warden actually does have this great line that I wrote down, and I actually wrote it phonetically because the way he said it was so funny. I could tell you are a Christian woman, <laughs> <laughs> and Neil goes, "It's just because she's hot." <laughs> All right, so the warden gives her Jamie's personal effects in a box, and she walks outside, and she barfs because she was really working hard to keep it together. And well, that's one possible reason why she barfs. Oh, right. We find out, of course, 
toy. Because I have another I have up. another barf joke later. I'm like, why the fuck is she barfing so much? Now I know. Ding dong. Anyway, but at the moment, we think probably from shock. And in fairness, probably a combination of shock and maybe some other reason. Mm-hmm. But guess who's right there? Oh, God, the pample moose. The pample moose, oh, always the there when you need him. He's, she pukes. She's kind of falling over. And he says, up you go, lass. And, and he, he scoops her up. Fireman Carrie style and carries her away. Just starts walking. <laughs> just walking, to, I don't know, to wherever they're going, the tavern they're staying in or something. Uh, it's just... Like, oh, pample moose. Grace. Mm-hmm. This is great. This is great. And then this is when we go to the tavern. So you're right. They were going to the tavern. And Rupert and Angus are like yucking it up, playing some kind of dice game with these two rough looking dudes who we then find out were actually guards at the prison. Because Claire and Willie and Murta are all like... Fuck these guys. They're supposed to be helping us save Jamie. Fuck these guys. Why are they over there drinking and having all this fun? Well, we they were doing it for a reason. I wrote, they were drunk for a reason. Like Like us! (laughs) 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 Right? It was all for a good purpose. Hashtag choices. They basically lose a lot of money on purpose and get Mm -hmm. them hammered on purpose so that they can find out some information about the prison. And that's good because as Murta tells them, it's not just like getting into a fort when they rescued Claire. A fort is meant to keep people out. A prison is meant to keep people in. So deep. I'm just deep in a fact. <laughs> and then I wrote down, yes, but is it an alternative fact? <laughs> oh, my God. I know. Oh, the world is real shitty. Anyway, the good news is that the drunks were using that carousing charm that they have to good purpose. And they find out that the old prison warden fits is a name. Christian. <laughs> Christian. And after he eats... He takes an hour to study his Bible. I assume that is a euphemism for taking a dump. I'm going to say, yeah. Yeah. He studies his Bible in peace and quiet. Mm -hmm. Um, He leafs through his Bible, if you will. (laughs) Uh, And so there's a time when he will be out of his office every Every day. day. Mm -hmm. So they start to come up with a plan. And the plan is going to be that they're going to go in and... Get into his office. And when they know he's not going to be there on an excuse that they think that he is there and they're supposed to have an appointment. Uh, so that Claire is there and she's, they're both, Claire and Murtaugh are in there. Murtaugh is pretending to be her servant, which he clearly hates. He does not like it's that. It's very charming. And they're talking to some big, dumb prison oaf <laughs> who again is like, dur, dur, pretty, dur. Yeah. Dur, dur. He totally does. Um, and she says, oh, well, you know, my manservant can protect me, so you don't need to stay here. And Murta goes, yeah, but who's going to protect him? Oh, no, the other guy says, yeah. who's going to protect him? And Murta just smiles, and it's so out of character on his grumpy old man just face. Like, Ting. He just goes, <laughs> and then the guy turns around and leaves, and it's like, wipe. <laughs> yeah. And then they start searching, looking for keys and a map. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to figure out the lay of the prison, lay of the land, and find out where Jamie is. So they dig around for a while, and then we flash back to the dungeon. And there's Blackjack Randall, and guess what he's got in his hand? That fucking petition that the Duke of Sandrium had. I don't know how he got it, but here it is. He's holding it in his hand. Oh, he got it because the Duke likes to talk, especially when he drinks. 
just like us. <laughs> so he found because he the found dude out who ever had slapped it, right? his jaw about this peti- petition. Blackjack Randall went, and they had words, which I assume means that the beach scared the holy crap out of him, mm-hmm. and got the petition, which he now lights on fire. Just sets it on fire right in front of Jamie's face. Like there it is, your last hope of anything ever. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and then uh, has a big list of questions for him. Yeah, he says things like. Do I haunt your dreams? And do I make you uncomfortable? To which I wrote, just like us. (laughs) (laughs) And so he's got a bargain for Jamie. He's like, if you admit to me that I scare you, that I terrify you, that I'm in your head, if you admit that to me, then I'll let you go be hung. Then you can die. Oh, no. Then I'll let you choose the manner of your own death. Oh, yeah, that's right. But you will, you can die. Yes. You will, you will not die the ignoble death of being hanged. You will instead get to choose the manner of your death. Perhaps a Greek death falling on your sword like Brutus. Which Perhaps, is hilarious because he plays Brutus on Rome. Ooh. Yeah. Tobias Perhaps Menace. a... No, yeah, that's a Roman death. Perhaps a Greek death, like Socrates drinking poison hemlock. Perhaps a Gothic Southern death choking on a bottle cap. <laughs> Perhaps a Mama's and the Papa's death choking on a sandwich. <laughs> or maybe an American death under the rule of a terrifying racist sentient circus peanut. <laughs> oh, it's all we have. <laughs> It would be so much nicer if it was just funny. Yeah. But women aren't funny. No. Obviously. Anyway, uh, he gets he lists a bunch of deaths that Jamie can choose, and he's like, mm, no deal. Mm-hmm. And then he tries to attack him, successfully attacks mm-hmm. him, starts choking him with his own chains. It's a classic Jamie Fraser move. We've right. seen it before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that makes him a fairly predictable fighter. Perhaps he should change up his style. But then the big guy gets in the mix, and now Jamie is also, also this whole time, I don't know if we mentioned this, he is shackled to the wall. He has one leg chained to the wall, and he's got about a five-foot lead on yeah, it. Yeah, there's a real Charlie Brown on the football kind of moment where he is trying to leap at the big dude, and he just comes up short because of his chain and kind of woofs it and it's just really sad so he can't he is just too disadvantaged here in this fight so he ends up he he does he fights him with a stool the the big dude's got a big hammer mm, and big, like huge like mjolnir like it's mjolnir it, it, size it like meow meow mjolnir um <laughs> so jamie's got a stool now all I can think about is poop jokes. Like I made, I make one poop joke, and that's all it's going to be for the rest of the episode. Anyway, he's fighting back with the, and then the guy ends up on top of him, and then there's a choking thing. And he then always chokes him, and then Blackjack Randall was not just having it. like a goddamn rocket, just a high kick right to the face, flaplam, mm-hmm. and he kicks the big dumb dude off, and the guy looks up at him like. And then we get it like, this is where I start to get really upset. Not that the whole thing isn't upsetting. No, this is horrible. But this is when he starts to use like classic abuser language, which if you think about it, is probably about where the real emotional torture of Jamie starts, Mm -hmm. right? Is here when he says things like, why do you force me to hit you? Mm-hmm. You deserve better than this. Why do you force me to hit you? Ugh. I just want this to be a pleasant experience for, but why do you choose to spend the last hours of your life 
a cripple. Why do you force me to hit you? And then he smashes his hand with Janine. You should see this fucking hand makeup. The makeup is incredible. His hand, it's just, it looks like a giant bloody ginger root. Mm-hmm. Like it's lumpy. And the f- fingers bend all wrong, and like it's. I can see a thumbnail. Yeah, it ain't right. Yeah, and there are little bones sticking out. Mm-hmm. We get close, lots and lots of close-up shots of this hand. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. his left hand. I don't know if that means any. Isn't he left-handed? Yes, it, and he was forced to learn how to be right-handed as a child. Mm-hmm. So now he's doubly fucked mm-hmm. um, because he was forced to learn how to be. Right-handed, so he already doesn't write well, mm-hmm. and now his hand is all so much worse. Yeah, so so that happens. Mm. <sighs> and then there's a after the hand is all mutilated, he's kind of caressing his face, and then he makes Jamie feel him up. Yeah, and like like they're in high school, like rubbing his boner through his pants. Yeah. And then he says, no, I will not give in to coarse passion. And that's when I was like, dude, what movie do you think you're in? <laughs> like, this isn't Wuthering goddamn heights. What? Like mm-hmm. Heathcliff. No. Another person who uses the language of an abuser. abuser. Goddamn. That book sucks. Oh, I love that book. Oh, I hate it. Oh, I loved it. But I didn't like him. He's the, Every single person in Wuthering Heights is an asshole. Yes, that's true. Every single person, including the unreliable narrator that it took me forever to realize at the very end, it's all being told by that fucking maid. You know, that never occurred to me. Yeah. I haven't read that since I was like 14. And she had reason to lie about a lot of stuff. And I was like, you Bronte bitch, you're so smart. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to reread it. And I really, I really dug it. But yeah, Heathcliff's a dick. Mm-hmm. Hot dick, though. Hot dick. <laughs> uh, Why? Not, not unlike, let's say, Frank Randall. The beach is entirely too disturbing to be hot. Mm-hmm. for a Because Tobias Menzies is just, he's, he's straight up hot. Man. He's mm-hmm. a good looking, he is a good looking human. Mm-hmm. And here, it's just, he's just repulsive. He's yeah, like it's a, gross. Like a, um, uh, like he's like the human equivalent of the worm from Tremors. Like it's just—he's <laughs> a graboid. He is. Like what we're saying is a graboid in human form. Yep, that's the monster we've decided to go with. So it's graboid. Meanwhile, Claire and Marta are still searching this office. At this point, they have found several treasure chests, a secret door, um, a, a hidden family staying in an apartment in California. Jimmy Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa, mm-hmm. the Great Pumpkin. Ooh. Obama's long form birth certificate. Yeah. They have found so many things. Yep. Yeah, Donald Trump's tax returns. Oh, wow. Yeah. It would be really great if they released those. Anyway, so they get the keys, but they don't have a map. Because, and they're still looking right when the you're so pretty guy walks back in and Murta just, I don't even know what he hits him with. He picks something up. He grabs up. his nightstick from his, he grabs the dude's own nightstick. Oh, right. And just knocks him the cold out. Straight out. God, I just love the pamplemousse. And so they decide they have to split up. Because Murta has to go get the other guys, or what's he going to do? Has to hide him. Has to tie the oh, guy up right, and hide right. him so that the jig will not, not be, be up. up. And then uh, Claire's like, "I've got to go search the prison." When I'm like, "Man, okay." And she takes off, and then Murta goes, "Good luck to you, too, Claire." <laughs> 
Just he can't. There's still a little sass. Yeah, he just can't not. It's the, it's the moments of light that make the darkness all worth it. There so, just aren't very, very many moments of light in this episode. No. So Claire runs through the prison and keeps coming upon rooms filled with men that are going to hang. They're just, it's not awesome. It's really sad. And the whole time, she's just, she's making lady shoe noise. And I kept thinking, Claire, take off your girl, damn shoes. Take off your goddamn shoes. Come on. You don't need them. You don't need them. You can get another pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. Just, they're going to fucking hear you. It's mm-hmm. a distinctive sound. And mm-hmm. this is a prison full of men. It's true. Come on. But she keeps running around and saying, Jamie, Jamie. And all these guys are like, I'll be your Jamie or whatever. And then this one guy is like, you might try down below. That's where they keep the prisoners that are too good for a hanging or something like that. It's like, oh, gross. So she goes downstairs and she barely misses being seen by some of the guards. Boyo. Boyo. And then she hides. Here's and a place where there's a change out. from the book too. It, ugh, and this is again, if memory serves, because I don't revisit this stuff. I believe she lets out all the prisoners to cause a bigger distraction. Oh, okay. Maybe. I don't know. It's more complicated. Mm-hmm. All Everything is more complicated in the book. I would think that that would be a really bad move, though. Yeah. Doesn't that make it perfectly in character? Yeah. Be, because, like, you let those guys out and there you are. Surrounded by some of whom are probably hardened criminals and you're just there. Yeah, <laughs> Hi, I'm Claire. They are probably also mostly running. Yeah. Just straight Just getting running. out. Just yeah. getting out. Right. Anyway, she doesn't do that. She ends up in the basement. She finds a door. That just opens. And she realizes this might be handy. So she takes out the bar and throws it out in the heather. (laughs) Heathcliff. And then she goes and follows. She heard the Beej's voice. So she sees him go by. She does the door thing. Then she goes to find Jamie. And she has to be like, dude, wake the fuck up. We got to go. We got to go. You got to wake the fuck up. And then she does the coolest piece of lock picking I've ever seen where she takes a key. She puts it in a lock. It doesn't fit in. And then just hammers it and keeps hammering it into the lock. It's like that is badass mm-hmm. probably not super effective but it right. and cool it's, hitting, it's hitting his ankle every time which probably and doesn't just feel going, awesome uh, 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 well you gotta get out and guess what it doesn't work and because, guess who comes back because you know the very next thing you hear what it isn't his fucking shoes it's his fucking voice. Yeah, that's right. I like to imagine that he took off his goddamn shoes, but it's probably just that he's way better at sneaking than Claire is. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and he says, you do have a knack for showing up at the most unexpected times. And then it's just awful for a long time. It just... There's a fight. Claire tries to fight. And then big dumb guy... They get holder and then he Blackjack Randall's like, You can take her. I have no interest in that. I'm not I have no appetite for cunt today. Yes, you can have this. And then he like search her for weapons and then the big guy just straight up molests Claire just right there and is horrible. And Claire's just standing there like, Ugh, I'm fine. I just want to get Jamie out of here. Obviously that's not gonna work. And then how do the how does the fight start again? Uh well Jamie, so Claire, I think, goes for the beach. Mm-hmm. Again, with chain choking the freezers, yeah. they've got one move. Yeah. Um, and then Jamie leaps into action and, of course, gets pulled up short by his chain. But he does manage to basically stab the big dude in the throat with the end of a broken chair leg. So he gets a, a neck wound that's like 
this big with little pieces of wood sticking it out of it. I'm making, I'm making big is what you're not seeing. It's big neck hole with little bits of wood and he dies. And Peach is like, that is inconvenient. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, and then I don't even remember how the fuck they get there, but basically Jamie ends up saying, let her go mm-hmm. and you can have me. Mm-hmm. And Blackjack says, okay, you will not resist anything mm-hmm. I do. And he says, yes. And he says, all right, can I make a test of your veracity? Mm-hmm. And Jamie says, yes. And then Outlander gets real Jesus-y for a minute. Yeah. And they put his mangled hand. Well, first of all, he tries to get his normal hand up there. And Blackjack's like, no, the ruined one. Yeah. He puts this, his ginger root of a hand. Ugh. His like overbaked Play-Doh covered in red glitter of a hand Mm-mm. on the counter, a table. And Claire is just sobbing, like leaning on him and sobbing. And the whole time I was like, oh God, she must be so tired. Yeah. Can you think about how many times they probably shot that scene? Mm -hmm. Just, I'm sure they're all exhausted, but in that particular, the just constant sobbing. I couldn't imagine. This whole scene pretty much. Um, He puts his wrecked hand up on the, on the counter and first the beach spreads it out and you could just see Jamie trying to not pass out from pain and then he drives a goddamn nail through it. It is quite Jesus-y. It's really awful. He nails him to the table basically. Around about that time. Oh, and at some point, two redcoats come down and they say this woman they think we think was involved in a, an attempted jailbreak. And he says, well, she is here because of a treasonous plot against the king. And the two redcoat dudes look terrified and go, God save the king. And then basically just run away. It's I really wrote awful. bros before I was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, also a thing that we skipped is... Claire says you wouldn't prefer to watch when mm-hmm. she's talking about a big dude raping her. Mm-hmm. Um, presumably as an attempt to get Blackjack away from Jamie for a minute. Uh, and Tobias Menzies makes, I'm sorry, uh, makes a borderline hilarious Meh. face. Yeah. <laughs> that if it weren't so terrifying would actually be really funny. She's like, you wouldn't prefer to watch. And he literally goes, <laughs> only without the sound. <laughs> it's just really funny. Anyway, um, so he then because Jamie has proven that yes, he, he's going to put up with whatever Blackjack does. He holds to his end of the bargain and is escorting her from the prison. Does he take her to the magically open door? No, no. He takes her to a dead person pit. But first, he but says, first. "I hear that you were you stood trial for being a witch." And then she turns around. She turns and she goes, "Yes." I am a witch. No, she says, which I am. Yeah. And what's unclear is she's saying, you're trial and being for, for a witch, which I am. Or if it's Yoda, like, which, which I, I am. <laughs> and I curse you. And she knows his exact birth date. Obviously, she knows his middle name, which he's never told her before. So she's basically like Jonathan Wollstonecraft. Randall, born Wolverton. Yeah, Wolverton, Wolstonecraft. whatever. Wolstonecraft. It, it, it needed to sound British. <laughs> um, born September the 3rd, 170 something something, and I curse you with the hour of your death. And she leans in and tells him when he's going to die. 
Oh man! And you see this look on his face. It scares him. Oh man! Yeah, it scares him. It's really oh, it's a good moment. Um, And then he shoves her into the dead man hole. (laughs) (laughs) She lands next to a rib cage. And then she also sees Portal, Portal, looking very limp and wrung out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she realizes she can crawl out. So he did actually keep his end of the bargain. She gets out. Yeah. There's this beautiful shot of her running away from the prison from far away. It's the closest we get to Scotland porn mm-hmm. in this episode. Um, this is where she runs into the woods and it's all dark. And I'm like, where are the animals? And then what happened? Is that is in this where book. it happened in the book? So in the book, yeah, she gets out. Um, And there are bodies there and the bodies have attracted wolves and she has to fight a pack of wolves, which is bad as hell. And I'm really (laughs) disappointed that we don't get to see Katrina fight wolves. I imagine that was probably outside the budget. I also imagine that it might have been slightly outside the ability to uh, let your, let your um, imagination go. Was it suspend your disbelief? Yeah, like, I mean it might be a bridge too far. You've in been, the book you totally No, in it. the book you're immersed, right? But here, you know, you've already seen her break into this prison. She's already found him out of all the dungeons that I'm sure this prison has. Like it's it would have just been like the icing on a turd sandwich to be like really you're gonna fight some wolves now but it is badass in the book yeah and interesting that it happens so she gets out and they end up at some dude's farmhouse nearby yeah and um, they're like help us out and he's like who's a no. friend of the clan I'm not gonna help you I have a no, family I have I'm to not- think like I'm not gonna bring the whole prison full of red coats down on me do you mm-hmm. are you nuts she says I can pay you and she hands over the beautiful pearl necklace actual literal pearl necklace not the other kind <laughs> that Jamie gave her on their wedding night. There's just no way to say <laughs> there's that no way to say Jamie gave her a pearl, pearl necklace, necklace on their wedding night and have it not be funny. It's right up there with poop jokes. I'm mm-hmm. tra- I'm just trying really hard, guys. I'm really I'm injecting some lightness into the dark. Uh, so, but then this guy goes, "Where on earth did you get these?" And I'm like, "Holy shit." It's another guy that gave Jamie's mom jewelry. As a wedding gift. It is. I've wondered, I've thought of her them on her bunny neck and wondered if she ever thought of me when she wore them and it cuts to Murtaugh Murtaugh, and and you see him go like, (laughs) So what we've learned is that Jamie's mom was smoking hot and had many men. I mean, come on, look at her children. Right, who had many men that wanted to um, get close to that. And when they couldn't anymore, they gave her jewelry. And uh, then are loyal to her well after her death. And still remember her name and their eyes. Both of them. Eyes cloud over whenever they think of her. So yeah. this was some badass. Ba- this is Banff. Banff bitch. Yep. <laughs> that was a magic fucking pussy. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so he looks at him and he's like, no, I can't do it. You know, I have a wife. I have kids. I just cannot I do will, it. I'll do a lot for Ellen's son. Mm-hmm. And because Murtaugh's me like, yes. And his son looks just like her. And you can see the guy go. I bet he's a good looking lad (laughs) I can't but I can't do that I would do anything for love but But I I won't won't do do that (laughs) so then so then drunk ass cow dude comes through the door and he's like "Uh, I could only find 19 of the 40 cows and the the farmer and the kind and the cow the farmer's pissed he's like where the fuck are my other cows we go out we see all these cows and Murta walks bulls actually they've got big horns Murta walks out and he gets the happiest he has maybe ever looked on the entire show and you know what I will miss his happy face (laughs) 
uh, he gets this big smile on his face, and he and the guy's yelling, "That this nineteen nineteen? He goes, "Nineteen is a lot of cattle." And then walks in and says he has a plan, mm-hmm. and it is very exciting. And then. Angus says something like, an open door is nay a plan. Oh, yeah, the door that she yeah, told them right? she knows is open. And then I the said, dungeon. 19 cattle is a plan. <laughs> 19 cattle is totally a plan. <laughs> yeah. Come on. 19 cattle on a dead man's chest. Ooh, we're getting there. <laughs> oh, my God. So then we go back and we get treated to some more bullshit that I don't want to talk about. Uh, Blackjack Randall really just being horrible and uh then it goes it's the next morning right because he wakes up because you there's that there's that shot of jamie just laying on the edge of the skipping to the next episode now we're done oh does it does that start at the beginning you're right you owe me a debt we're done you're right it's the end it ends at the farmer's house it's amazingly when there's shit we just don't want to talk about these episodes are a lot shorter (laughs) no i said that i told amanda i was like look these episodes are going to be brief because nobody wants to talk about that shit i mean we only got through half a growler guys um no problem (laughs) (laughs) yeah could you hit me yes i can Um, so That's it. Before we, this isn't just adding time, I swear to God. Before we dive into our scales and things, um, this episode, well, this episode and the next were, I've got on my little soapbox about quote unquote rape lander a couple of times on this show. So I shan't get back on it right now. Um, But people understandably always have the possibility to be upset by graphic depictions of rape which we don't really see here they're mostly implied there's certainly sexual assault in this episode Mm -hmm. and lots and lots of abuse but um we don't get into the graphic rape until the next episode Mm -hmm. but um one of the things that i appreciated both about the show and the book is that they so openly acknowledge that this is something that happened to men too, which mm-hmm. isn't something that, I mean, like mostly we get fucking jokes about dropping the soap. That's the end of our national discussion on the rape in among men. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, re- I think it, I think it's really well handled. There were concerns that, um, the show was demonizing gay people because the only quote unquote prominent gay character on the show, uh, is a a sadist. Um, Diana Gabaldon says that she does not believe that black Jack Randall is gay. She thinks that his only sexual attraction is pain, inflicting Mm -hmm. pain and, um, feeling powerful Mm -hmm. and making others feel weak. Uh, and I agree with that. I mean, we see, I don't ever get the sense that the fact that he is not successful in sexually assaulting Jenny has anything to do with her gender. I think it's Mm -hmm. that she laughs at him. I think that, uh, Claire, I mean, obviously he assaults her. And again, I think that is more about power and not about Mm -hmm. sex. Um, but it's complicated and it's complicated anytime a television show or book or movie, um, uses 
rape as a plot point, Mm -hmm. but there are good ways to do it. And I think that this is one of them, but I'm curious what you think, Julie. I, um, I just, I don't know. I, I, I always have a hard time with it when it's used as a way to further the, a way to add something to Claire and Jamie's story weirdly to me that's what it feels like especially in the next episode because you know he's so ashamed and so out of it that he can't reach out to her anymore and so she has to like go through all this stuff to get him back and so I kind of feel like it is used a little bit as a plot device I wonder if it reads that way in the book as much as it does in the show but I don't know it was in the book it was there yeah, I mean, I think you you can't skip over it. Yeah, it's there are a lot of books in this series, and it never goes away. Like mm-hmm. this is a thing he lives with for for of course, um, that haunts him for yeah. the rest of his life, mm-hmm. um, and haunts Claire for the rest of hers. Mm-hmm. And it's important because it also changes the nature of her relationship with Frank. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that's spoiler section, but really. Yeah, who cares? I, we we have to know that if she goes back to the future, <laughs> which we know she does, we have to know that she has, that something, there's a wall there now. There yeah. has to be something there now. I actually meant for people who haven't seen season two yet oh. when I was talking about oh, whatever yeah. it's I mean, How many people listen to our show haven't seen season two yet, Hey, though? if you're uh, listening and you haven't seen season two yet, first of all, sorry. Second, will you tell us on Twitter so we can yeah. stop ruining things for you? So we can stop <laughs> spoiling shit? Okay. Um... It's, yeah, I mean, I don't, my problem with rape as plot device is always when the rape of one character is used to change the other one, Mm -hmm. right? This particularly happens when a female character is raped. And then the man has to get revenge. Yes, or is then driven in some new way, or it changes Mm -hmm. him, or it affects him. Um, That is often, especially if a woman is raped and then murdered, that's the impetus for stories about lots and lots of men. If you've ever um, been to Women in Refrigerators, which is a site that a comic writer, Gail Simone, started before she was a comic writer, um, that's where the term fridging comes from. It frequently happens specifically to lesbian characters um, and to the girlfriends of superheroes. So anytime a character gets killed off, or uh, assaulted in some way to spur another character's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, that's women in refrigerators. Mm-hmm. essentially a woman being stuffed in a refrigerator. It comes from a specific event in comics. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Punky Brewster. Yeah, well, that's different. <laughs> I know. But, but yeah, when you think that's, that's a different, I type. totally think that's about that episode every time in refrigerators. Yeah, that's, I totally think about that every time I hear that phrase though. Yeah. I can't stop that thought. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I, I don't know anyone who has ever seen an episode of Punky Brewster that does not vividly remember that episode. There's also another one that we need to talk about sometime and possibly watch that is a nightmare episode or something that has fucked with people for generations now. We'll look it up and we'll talk about it and okay. maybe we'll devote a 15 minute episode one day to just talking about that one episode. <laughs> Punky Punky Brewster. Brewster. <laughs> okay, I'm fine with that. Um, I think part of the reason that it works for me is because it's not Claire's concern is about Jamie. It mm-hmm. doesn't change her life. I mean, it does because it affects her because she loves him. But now she's not a vigilante out for justice. No, you it's know. not about yeah. her quest for anything. She's just trying to save the life of the man she loves. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, Jamie isn't someday one day magically healed. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it gets better as they say, but, um, 
there's some damage that never goes away. Mm -hmm. And I think that the show does a good job of handling that. Well, we've already seen that it's done a good job of dealing with Claire's kind of lingering PTSD from Mm -hmm. the war. So I, yeah, they, they're paying attention. Yes. You know, to those. It's also, um, good. I think that because I, Oh God, I'm talking so much right now. I'm sorry. But I think a, a lot of times when rape is used in stories, it's often, um, it really just seems like the dude is like a crazed guy who just wants to bust a nut mm-hmm. and rape is so rarely about that. Like we know that rape and to a, a much lesser extent, things like street harassment, um, and, um, sexual assault of the like unwan- unwanted touching variety mm-hmm. is about power. And like, certainly sometimes people are just straight up mentally ill mm-hmm. and like it's, sexual in nature in that way. But, um, so much of sexual violence is about taking away someone's power, Mm -hmm. making them powerless and weakening them. And that's where the drive comes from. That's where the pleasure is. And that's all that's blackjack Randall's entire thing. Mm -hmm. He even says it. That's all he ever says. It's been like, it's been well established. Surrender to me. Surrender. And then he also has the, this thing about beauty, which is so disturbing. His like, and then you know what? And then he ruins Jamie's fucking shirt. How many shirts has this guy gone through? Well, you know what? I, maybe he just shouldn't wear one. (laughs) I think that's a great solution. Yeah, Yeah, I think maybe he just, he's really bad on shirts. That's the thing he's bad at. He's murder on a shirt. Mm -hmm. Stop wearing shirts. But he is good at sewing his own shirt back together. That is true, but then it'll just get ripped off of him again. Stop wearing shirts. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the only It's an solution. elegant solution. <laughs> Plus, with, then when he's on the open seas and he's a weak seaman, he won't get vomit on his shirt. shirt and then have to tear It'll it It'll be much easier to just rinse off the the, all this. <laughs> rinse. He uses his washboard to actually wash his shirt. That's how it works. Well, his kilt, because he wouldn't be wearing a shirt Oh, anymore. yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. See, we found a way to edit a late note. Okay. There are, I mean, I uh, mean, I got sc- nothing on the scales. You know what? I do have something for the scales for the next episode. Okay. But I got to save it. Okay. I don't really have anything for this one. All right. Gene, do you have anything to add? No. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm stealing myself for the next episode. Yeah, yeah. God, I just, I don't know how it is that neither of us remembered that this is actually just the ramp up. I know. I At the end of it, I just looked at Sophie and I said, I can't believe that I just psyched myself up to watch an episode that was not the episode I thought it was. You know, the problem is we opened a door. You know, and as we know, an open door is nay a plan. <laughs> nay a plan, but 19 cows, fuck yeah. That's a plan. <laughs> Uh, all right, I think we'll probably end it there. Or oh, Janine, did you have something? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, we have to do the that's thing. That's right. You guys, you heard me open the growler. Of course, it's from our friends at Empirical Brewery. Tonight, we're drinking the Comet Smash IPA. Um, we've had it before. It's delicious. It's a nice kind of light-bodied hoppy beer. Uh, thank you, Empirical. Empirical Brewery, exploring the science of beer. Uh, we also need to thank our Patreon patrons, uh, Jen Lander, Drunklin, Beth Locke, Kathleen Moniz, 
Thank you so much. Um, we need to thank all of our other Patreon patrons as well. And we need to thank you who have written really funny and wonderful reviews. So many of you have and sent us cool things on Twitter. And that's all just really amazing. So thank you for that. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do it at PodlanderCast. We love the random Outlander shit you find on the internet. And we mm-hmm. love a good gif. We so do. We do. You just give us joy in a dark and merciless time. Um so if you're out there, maybe stuck in an airport, and you want to send us some gifts, uh, we will send you gifts in return. Um, lots of them. Uh, we also are on Facebook at facebook.com slash podlandercast. You can back us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podlanderdrunkcast. And we love you. Thanks for listening to the show and making our lives brighter. I am Nelson. I'm Julie. And that's Janine. And thank you so much for listening. (laughs) (laughs) I guess.